now it's time for Greg Bishop and the Council Roundup. And the Council Roundup brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. Their downtown location open for lunch. Also open for lunch on the weekends. And don't forget about delivery. Head West Subs. Staple here in Springfield. Uh, all right. 7-11. And each and every Wednesday, we bring you the Council Roundup after Tuesday evening's council meeting uh, because they switch off. One week, they'll do a committee of the whole where they go through a ton of ordinances and they determine, is it non-controversial? If so, it's going to go on the consent agenda lumped in with a whole bunch of other ordinances. If it's a controversial ordinance and it goes on to the debate agenda where they'll debate it at the following full city council meeting where they then pass things and there's all kinds of debate and all kinds of personalities and people who address the council and so on. Uh, Last night was a committee of the whole, so they had some ordinances to consider, but they also had some presentations. So let's go ahead and get right on into it. Uh, At last night's Springfield City Council meeting, you've got the treasurer off up the report of the city's finances. Here's Treasurer Misty Busher. The corporate fund in the month of February had a beginning balance of $64,164,513. We took in total receipts of $17,701,131. We had total disbursements of $11,433,370, which left the corporate fund with an ending balance of $70,432,274. Chair purchase of that ending balance, your ARPA fund balance was $22,151,813. million they have cash on hand. I've been covering the city council here in Springfield for about 15, 16 years or something. And I remember where they had negative cash balances, where they had only 2 or $3 million. Alderman Joe McMiniman, he uh, made this point uh, as he's been uh, on the council for about 12 years now. Uh, and he talks about how, uh, indeed, this is a, uh, a new record high. I think we just hit a new record high on uh, the fund balance, $70 million. I don't think we, think we ever had it that high before. And just, I'm starting to go through some old papers. I haven't been here 12 years. And uh, indeed, uh, I can kind of concur with that. It's been uh, a lot of uh, a lot of down times where you had uh, significant low numbers of uh, account balance. Uh, Here is more from Alderman McMiniman highlighting uh, just the the history of where the city's come from. And keep in mind, I mean, you know, twenty plus million dollars of that seventy million is from federal taxpayers. All right, it's just sitting there in accounts and will be spent at some point. But uh, again, that was from COVID nineteen relief. Here it is, twenty twenty three. Uh, but anyways, more from Alderman McMiniman. Um, but the the fund balance at the end of February fourteen was three point five million, three point five million, and it's currently. We just got a report. It's now 70 million, just for purposes of perspective. Um, and then I j- jumped forward. February of 2015, the fund balance was 5.9 million. February 2016, the fund balance at the end of February was 2.6 million. Um, and I, again, we just heard a report. That our current balance is 70 million dollars. So. Um, Thank God we're in good shape. Yeah, it's uh, pretty incredible. Um, Good shape or, you know, better shape than previous? Or, uh, I mean, considering that uh, the the city's budget, I think, is like 130 or 160 million, uh, having 70 million cash on hand in the the balance is 
is rather significant. Uh, so interesting to hear about that. All right, uh, let's now talk about firehouses. And uh, they, they, the city council does have presentations, and we've talked about them building new firehouses for quite some time, especially whenever they discussed and passed the annual budget that uh, started, I believe, March 1st, if I'm uh, not mistaken. But, you know, they debated it all at the beginning of this year uh, and putting those pieces in place, including increased funding for new fire homes uh, for places to uh, have firefighters you know, as home base, so to speak. So uh, they had a presentation last night from uh, those who are uh, building these and architects who are planning these, and here's uh, some of how that went. Chief said, my name is Roy Mangan. I'm with Arc Images. I'm the principal uh, with Arc Images. I'm the architect for the uh, fire station. And those following along, uh, you can see the actual PDF of the um, updates that they provided for the city council. Uh, It includes going through fire station six eight and 13 house six is uh, located at uh, ash and 11th street and uh, it is this is the site plan uh, as it sits there the house is somewhat centrally located with parking in the rear and the uh, apparatus uh, apron going out onto 11th street uh, um, there's a drive-through bays uh, staff and visitor parking uh, this particular facility has a, a community room attached to it and i'll show you a floor plan here shortly so you can see, uh, if you're following along, at least on the uh, the live stream, um, and also you can find this at the city's website where they've got the meeting summaries, the office of the city clerk. You can see all the presentations and even download the, the committee audio yourself. But uh, looking at that here, you've got, uh, you know, the drive-through areas, complete bays, all kinds of different, uh, you know, single bathrooms, uh, rooms all over, different uh, community spacing areas uh, more on all of this house eight is located uh, at lawrence and rickard Um, it is a drive-through bay also Uh, there is staff and visitor parking there so another uh, firehouse and then uh, also you've got a third firehouse that was brought up Um, station number 13 is located off of spalding orchard road Uh, it has again uh, is is an identical footprint to house eight Uh, it has the uh, drive-through bays uh, parking, plenty of parking, the double aprons, both in the back and the front, so uh, the dumpsters. The the floor plans here, uh, you can see, again, the, the drive-through bays, but it's also got a, a, a workout room, an ink, eight-bunk well, bedroom. You've got uh, what's being called um, you know, the captain's office, the dining room, uh, even a police substation and a community center. So those are just some of the uh, highlights of these various uh, you know, firehouses, three different firehouses that are going to be built and uh, a little bit of the exterior of what it's going to look like uh, for number six. Uh, and the, then you've also got uh, uh, different angles of number eight and number 13. Those are going to look very similar. Uh, gosh, they almost look like banks <laughs> with <laughs> with big garage doors on it. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of questions. So we'll get to some of those questions in particular, uh, the issue of these community um, uh, rooms that are going to be open to the community? Uh, Is this something that's worth it? What's the cost of these? Uh, And what's the benefit? We'll get to those questions coming up next year on WMAY. It is Springfield's Morning News on 92.7 WMAY, Springfield's News and Talk. It's the Council Roundup, and it's brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to Head West. Their downtown location open for lunch. Don't forget about delivery, Head West Subs. We're in the middle of the Council Roundup where you've got the ongoing uh, conversation about new 
fire stations, as somebody rightfully puts out, points out. I think I called it something like uh, uh, places for firefighters to call home base. <laughs> it's, this is not a scripted show, so I don't have any teleprompters in front of me or anything like that. I've got a bunch of computer screens in front of me, but maybe some few notes here or there, but it's not a scripted show. Anyways, let's get back into it. So yesterday they had uh, the uh, architects for the city's fire stations that they're planning on building three of them. Uh, and uh, they, they had a presentation where they showed the floor plans and where these are going to be. Somebody pointed out that uh, at least fire station number six has got a lot of public parking. Uh, but I think that's really because you've got a community center that's going to be part of that. Uh, and that was a, a point of contention with uh, Springfield Alderman Ralph Hanauer. He worried that that's going to increase the costs of these projects. How much more does that community room cost? We're trying to shave costs off. That, that's something that we may have to leave out down the road. might be something we can always build out later. But right now, the idea is to get the firehouses built, you know, and, and at the, the least cost we possibly can. And uh, the architects, they uh, they said that, listen, I mean, these these community rooms are essentially kind of built in and built to scale. And- Cost-wise, we're probably in the neighborhood of uh, $550 a square foot. Everybody thinks, well, if you shrink that, you can save $550 a square foot. That'll never happen because uh, there's just the economy of scale doesn't work that way. And then you've got redesign costs. You'd have to recycle through the bidding process. So, yeah, there's a lot of different factors involved when considering uh, changing these plans now, uh, if you're looking at trying to reduce the costs a bit. Uh, the fire chief, Brandon Blau, here he is. As well as it's supposed to be a secondary EOC, uh, if there was ever any type of uh, a, a disaster that came through town, if we ever had another tornado or whatever. And An emergency operations center. People were not able to get to this building. Uh, it is the way that we've set it up is so that it can serve as a secondary EOC, uh, which gives us a little bit of flexibility there, too. Alderman Sean Gregory, he, he likes this idea, not just of the community center, but also in his ward, making sure that uh, he's got things that look nice and know that the let the community know that they're going to be taken care of. What, 25 years was the last time that we built a firehouse? You know, I'll, I'll be, you know, a lot older by the time the next time the firehouses get done. So I'm really proud of that. I love the green space. I think that brings a, a unique um, item uh, um, to that to that corridor. And um, I think it's going to help us grow um, on down 11th Street and grow on the east side altogether. So. And Gregory says there's another good thing about how they're moving forward with these fire homes, these fire stations. I'm particularly happy about is that you got all Shea Builders that want to want to think why not because I know them because I know their work I know that they have a minority workforce that they're building 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 I got buddies that I went to school with and you know had had a shot at a career that that they got now um, and I think that you know is the right move so I'm happy all the way around and um, I support this project with all my heart thank. So you also had others uh, chiming in, uh, Alderman Joe McMiniman, making sure that, uh, you know, they they understand that uh, you've got uh, some good things happening with these fire homes and uh, the community aspect is really important as well. I think we can justify it. Um, It's not just fire. It's it's a broader type of goal that we're trying to achieve with that community room. So I, I hope the council can justify the 
any incremental spending for it. Well, and it's not just the community room. It's also a kind of a, a, it can, there's a police substation of sorts that's built into this. Uh, and again, if you look at some of the uh, the overviews here, a police substation uh, as part of uh, Firehouse 6 uh, with the community station and the, the captain's office kitchen, all the stuff that firefighters need at a fire station, but also a police substation. And uh, again, just looking at uh, the other one for floor um, floor plan for Firehouse 8 and 13. Uh, it also has uh, you know various uh, different amenities, but really it's that uh, f- the Fire Station 6, which has that community center and the police substation, and uh, that's going to be again here in Springfield, the southwest corner of East Ash and 11th. Uh, so a lot of uh, a lot of interesting things there. Uh, you've got uh, the fire chiefs chiming in again on this, uh, making sure that it's uh, well known as to uh, how they're moving forward. As far as the actual uh, locations being ready, uh, some of them are more ready than others. Right. Uh, we're still clearing timber uh, out on Spalding Orchard Road, and there's still some things that we need to do prep work wise on 11th and Ash. So uh, he also had the architect there to talk a little bit about the timing of all of this. And these were questions brought up by uh, Alderman Donnellan. Probably try and mobilize by May 1st, provided that contracts are put in place, and, uh, and then uh, probably attack them se- sequentially. And, uh, you know, starting w- whichever side is available first, that's where we'll start. But again, th- there won't be significant lag one to the other. I think we'll look at a completion date of all three firehouses almost simultaneously, which will be the important part. So we'll likely hear a lot more about this, maybe even see some ribbon cuttings before too long or some uh, uh, public events where they're putting the shovels in the dirt. You know, they, they go out and buy those uh, golden shovels and 12 of them for all the different people that are involved in the planning. And then they have the picture and then months later they'll have the big scissors and all. You know how it goes. All right. Uh, we got to take a break. Come back, though, and more of the Council Roundup. Brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. Their downtown location, open for lunch. Head West Subs. Don't forget about delivery. In the midst of the council roundup, it is the Springfield Morning News. I'm Greg Bishop, 92.7 WMAY, Springfield's News and Talk. Council roundup brought to you each and every Wednesday by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. All right, we talked about the fire homes. Let's now revisit a debate that's been happening for about a month, if not longer, and that's about what to do with debt owed to the city's utility. The city of Springfield's very unique. We've got a municipally owned and operated public utility for city water, light, and power. They provide coal-fired power. They also provide water. Uh, it's municipally owned, so it's regularly parts of the conversation at City Hall here in Springfield. Totally different than, say, you know, municipal aggregated power where they buy it from like Ameren or something. No, this is entirely owned and operated by the city of Springfield, uh, the coal-fired power plant. So uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and get into, uh, you know, the, the, the kind of background here of why they've talked so much about debt forgiveness for utility customers who've had some of their fees and fines waived. In particular, you've got the case of the Wyndham City Center, the uh, large hotel in downtown Springfield. It's uh, just about as tall as the Illinois State Capitol. I don't think that you can get anything taller than that. I I might be mistaken on that. I think there's like an ordinance or something that says you can't be taller than 
than the Illinois State Capitol. But either way, uh, but the Wyndham City Center used to be called the Hilton. It's got other affectionate nicknames that people have for it. Uh, but uh, the Wyndham City Center had some financial problems. You had the issues of uh, the, the pandemic impacting them. They were asked to stay open uh, so that they could possibly act as maybe some place where people could go uh, if they had to quarantine. Uh, then you had just the lack of hotel business altogether and the impact on uh, the the economy and the uh, hospitality sector, all of that compounding. Uh, then, uh, you know, back in 2021, they had an executive session with city council and the mayor saying, hey, the Wyndham, uh, they could possibly go bankrupt. Uh, we've got this debt they have. We need to figure this out. And there seemed to be no real major pushback on at least moving forward with some kind of plan. But now here we are heading into an election next month. And the issue of unilateral debt forgiveness has come up because it was revealed then after the November 2021 executive session the following summer, uh, the Wyndham City Center came back with a plan to, you know, hey, we've got this outside investor who's going to come in. He's going to refashion some of the hotel rooms to apartments and People didn't like that idea. They want the hotel to remain a hotel so they can capture uh, convention space and capture that audience who come to Springfield for conventions. Uh, But uh, that deal didn't really come through. There were conversations publicly about the Wyndham being financially stable and being cash liquid, uh, but that didn't necessarily seem to be the case whenever the mayor uh, apparently unilaterally uh, forgave about a quarter million dollars in fees for the utility. Uh, so that prompted a conversation about an ordinance to set up some standards within city council and within city government as to what level of debt forgiveness the agency can have, what level the debt forgiveness the mayor can have, and then when should the city council get involved with forgiving any kind of debt? So they debated that last week and the week before. The measure did not advance. It remains in committee. But Alderman Sean Gregory, he wanted to make sure that uh, it came out of committee. And uh, he lays out some of his rationale as to why he wants to see this brought back up and debated. Um, our only discussion is is to get something in place to um, fix an issue. Um, and put put a limit on it, and you know I would like to bring it out to debate. Um, I'm sure we have another week before we vote on it, and you know I'm I'm open um, to any 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 amendments or any ideas to make make this uh, better. So what exactly is he looking for? Alderman Ralph Hanauer has been leading the charge against this idea, and he sounds off yesterday at the committee of the whole. I'm still waiting to find out. Uh, does this grant authority or not? Because right now there's nothing in our code. Not one thing. It says we have to set up a payment plan. That's all it says. So my concern about this is now we're granting the authority to start forgiving debt. We haven't had that before. And that's my biggest problem with this. Hanauer continues to talk about, uh, well, a question he had last week for the utility. Last week, I asked uh, Doug Brown for a uh, list of all the times that we've um, forgiven uh, the meter charges or the demand charges from from any business that we've had. I've asked. I have. I've yet to receive anything. Um, I would hope that we would have something rather quickly 
because um, I, I'll, I, I would love to see that. Doug Brown, uh, the chief uh, engineer there at the uh, utility, he did address the um, uh, the question that uh, Alderman Hanauer brought up, but uh, is it to the liking of the alderman? Here is uh, Doug Brown. The utility is not uh, forgiven debt for the, like demand or meter charges before. The things that uh, have been done would be like the policy that's been, you know, for decades has been the uh, the water leak. Um, right policy um, is, is uh, forgiving. I guess you say that debt, but that's if they fix the leak and proven they fix the leak. Brown goes on to talk about um, the debt collection process and how there's that. <clears throat> Our accounting writes them off the books essentially if they get turned over to collections, and if, if they do pay uh, through collections or maybe some later time, then uh, they would. Uh, I guess you say reverse the the accounting entry uh, in the in the books. Alderman Joe McMiniman chiming in. He's uh, making sure that uh, they they know um, that there needs to be some kind of guidance in place for this ongoing issue if it's going to be a uh, issue of debate week after week after week. Really have some rules and clear this up. I I thought we passed during COVID. Didn't we pass an appropriation to allow some? debt forgiveness for businesses that got into trouble during COVID? Well, yeah, there was, there was a rebate, basically, program that was passed. McMiniman says there needs to be standards in all of this. I think we have to look into this, and um, I think we have to, you know, have some rules out there um, and uh, make sure that everyone's following the same rules. So this is what this ordinance is trying to do, get everyone on the same page of music. No one has so you know some supervisor out there doesn't have some independent authority to wipe a slate clean without anybody knowing about it. And then you have uh, the Corporation Council, the city's lawyer, um, and uh, Jim Zirkel kind of lays out uh, just where we're at right now and what exactly this particular ordinance does. It's not necessarily about debt forgiveness, but... This sets the standard for when a lien should be filed. <laughs> there, are none, there are none now. It's up to the department uh, to decide about filing a lien and it then grants limited authority in the circumstance where it's in the best interest of the utility to release that lien. So it's a very narrow uh, issue that this uh, particular ordinance addresses. So will we see that uh, part of the debate again next week? I think we probably will, especially as we get closer to the uh, consolidated uh municipal elections. All right, moving on. Uh, finally here, uh, there's an ordinance that was uh, concerning a lawsuit uh, the city's looking to settle. Right, five, an ordinance authorizing payment of $33,000 for settlement of Central District of Illinois Federal Court Case 18-CV-3250 Willie Flowers v. City of Springfield, Hernandez, Renfro, and Davis. For consent. Show putting it on the consent agenda, but you've got questions from Alderman Hanauer uh, about this particular ordinance and uh, what exactly is going on here and where is the city uh, liable on these things? Here's uh, Alderman Hanauer kind of giving a gist of sorts of what this case is and uh, some important questions that need to be asked. My question is, is there anything that we can do to limit the liability of the city when we have off-duty uh, uh, employees working in a case like this, 
I, and I don't know whether we should talk about it out here or, or back yeah. there, but I, I do think <laughs> that it, it, it's something that needs to be raised. He has a general rule. And again, if we want to talk about uh, specifics, we should do that because it does involve uh, specific evidence and uh, testimony and so on. But as a general rule, um, if an officer um, is working off duty, is wearing his uniform, as it's something that's sanctioned by the department, which this, this was, then generally speaking, the city, when they're acting with that apparent authority, is going to be liable. That is equally true. That is equally true, generally speaking, if an off-duty officer who's required to typically have their badge and gun with them, and then they take action, you know, off-duty, and there's some issue that arises in the city, uh, is going to generally be held liable for that. So good to know, right? Uh, where does liability lie when uh, an officer's off duty but still wearing the uniform for a uh, public event of sorts? Fascinating stuff. I tell you, it's the Council Roundup each and every week on Wednesdays after a Springfield City Council meeting. It's right here on WMAY and brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. Their downtown location open for lunch, also open for Saturday lunch. And don't forget about delivery. Head West Subs. All right, got to take a break. 